millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey, it's two grown men analysing children's (laughs) comics from 40 years ago. We've now gone beyond grown men, I mean grown man is something that you'd say about you know, once you're past your sort of mid-twenties. Oh, shit. Once we, you're past your mid-twenties, people go, look, listen, you're a grown man now, oh, right? No, that, what? That's what people say as a sort of a wake-up call when you reach about 26. It's like, look, mate, you're a grown man. Yeah. Pull yourself together. Take some responsibility. Get oh. serious. Get real, right? And people might say, but now we're like, we're in our late, well, mid to late 40s, yeah? Are we and aging and, men? Now we are beyond grown men. We've gone. We've come out the other side. In fact, to be to be honest, we're probably going to both start shrinking. I was just going to say that. Are we now shrinking? <laughs> yeah, I think we might be. I think we're on the border of shrinking. The borderline oh, is shrinking. So make the most of your fucking height while you've got it, mate. Oh man, I never even reached a, a satisfactory height in the first place. Uh, to be what the yeah, fucking well, comfortably so, shrink. You're, you're at the brow of the hill, oh, and you're man. about to go down the other side. Well, this is it. I'm fifty next year. So, I think that's when you start shrinking. Got any big plans shrinking. for your 50th, mate? Sorry, what? Got any big plans for your 50th? Lots of plans. Lots of events I'm going to go to and are, celebrations are and you, things. Are you going to be abroad on your 50th, No, you I will be at home, but I'll be going abroad about 10 days afterwards for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, go- great, I'm going mate. to be going to various uh, gigs and events. and th- I don't know why I go to gigs, because I just get fucking annoyed when I go to you gigs. You get annoyed, don't yeah, you? Yeah, every time. So I don't know why I'm going You're to gigs. Off just watching them being streamed. Yeah, I might, might just go and fucking sit in the woods and just scream instead. I don't know. But there, there are plans. Plans are afoot for special Good. activities yeah, that are all about me. Yeah, make the most of it, mate. Make the most yeah. of it, because once it's done, all you've got ahead of you is shrinkage. Shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big shrink begins. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, right. So we've got this, uh, in my left hand, I've got the 2nd of April, 1983 edition of Roy of the Rose. I didn't send you the front cover, and I should have, because it's not uh, Melchester related. It's from the new story, Who is Arrow? Which I touched upon recently. Oh, yeah, Which Weird. is yeah. A, a, a lad called Alan Arrow, who... Oh! It's my God! falling off Your the wall. artwork has dropped. Fucking hell. Pause the episode. It's a big old piece as well, isn't it? Let let the listeners hear it. It's a massive painting. Wow. It's a painting I've had for fucking years. Have I ever told you about that painting? No. It's like... 
Well, basically, right, in the 80s, someone from the extended Liverpudlian family got mm-hmm. in touch with my dad when my dad was still living with his second wife <laughs> in their nice flat, right? And uh, they were like, hey, uh, <laughs> you might not remember me, but I'm your cousin from Liverpool and uh, my daughter's coming down because she's got some studying to do. <laughs> anyway, she needs somewhere to bed down in London, so I said she could keep with you. Anyway, ta-da! <laughs> like that, right? What? My dad was like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right, so this, this, it was this girl came to stay. She was, a, she was an art student. Apparently, she's very nice. Mm. But, like, this cousin, I think my dad had, like, you know, maybe spent some summers in Ireland with, like, you know, in his youth, in the fucking 40s or something, right? Right. And, but he sort of thought, oh, well, fair enough, you know, I suppose we're relatives. He checked it out with his mum, with, with my nan, and said, are these <laughs> yeah. people legit, or is it just a random scouser <laughs> trying to fucking rip me off? <laughs> yeah. And she went, no, no, it checks out. You got a problem <laughs> it checks with out. it? You're going to have to take her. You're going to have to take her in. It's a scouse it's the scouse way. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to take this scouser in, right? And she stayed for a while while she was studying. And in the end, she fucked off and she said, look, I want to I wanna have some money. I want to pay my way. Mm-hmm. I can't afford much, but I want to pay my way. Nice. My dad was insistent, right? He was like, no, no, don't be silly. I won't hear of it. Blah, blah, blah. Family's family. And uh, then she fucking... So instead... She rocked up with this enormous fucking painting, like, I don't know, a few weeks later. And, I, you know, you can see it. It's like... <coughs> wow. I mean, it's so fucking, it. It's a canvas. It's a yeah. canvas. Have you ever seen it in full? I don't I think I have. Full. Like, can you see that? Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's massive. And um, so this was in a... Well, it says in the bottom, J. Roberts, 89. Right. Yeah. So Jay Roberts, Roberts is the relative. Yeah. <laughs> Our scouse cousin, Julia. <laughs> I'm coming down because I've got a casting for the film called Sexy Woman with Richard Gere. <laughs> they're making it in Hollywood, but they're doing a casting call in London. <laughs> and if I, if I get it, I'm going to have to put on one of them American accents and go and film it in Hollywood. And she got the role, and they changed the title from Sexy Woman to Pretty Woman yeah. at the last minute for the English audience. In America, it was released as Sexy Woman, but... Sexy woman, but of course in in England it was slightly was, more reserved. That was too steamy to, for the UK back then. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll call it. Can we not call it attractive woman? <laughs> how, how about we call it attractive female? <laughs> handsome woman. <laughs> that's the, handsome lady. That's the worst thing you can say to a woman is that you're very handsome. Handsome, yeah. When you say handsome, there's a particular type of woman, isn't there, that you think of, and she's always quite horsey and stout. You, I don't think you, you would think ever see Claire Balding. Claire Balding's a handsome woman, handsome isn't woman. she? Fucking hell. Anyway, um, so she took, she took, she gave him his fucking painting, and mm. I've got to be honest, my dad wasn't really a fan. I don't know if my dad wasn't a fan, but his missus at the time, his second wife, she was rather particular. I see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, I was like, oh, look at you having opinions on paintings. I tell you what, if someone gives me a painting, I'll fucking say thanks very much and stick, stick it on the wall. wall. It's not for me for to fucking judge the quality of a painting one way or the other. I feel lucky to have one in my life, <laughs> right? <laughs> but she liked to have the flat just so, did she? Oh, she liked to have it just so, right? They had a really nice flat. They had plenty of money. 
And she was like, well, no, that won't go with the other stuff that I've got. And I was like, well, and I turned up. I'll have I it. I've only been 40. What's that? What's that in the old way? What's that big painting doing? <laughs> oh, well, that's a painting that um, my scouse cousin Julia Roberts. gave to us. But uh, my uh, my wife, uh, she doesn't like it. <laughs> ah, well, I'll fucking have it. I'll stick it on my bedroom all back home. All I've got up there is a load of pictures from a feeder. This will look better. I genuinely took it right because I was moving into a stage of my adolescence where I had it in my head correctly, actually, that I thought I'm going to have better luck with women if I start to look a little bit more sort of mature and sort of like... Earlier date. Yeah. And so I thought, if I get down all the fucking posters I've got of, like, Frank McAvenny, right, <laughs> that I've torn out a shoot magazine the, the, the and matched programs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was, right? If I take down the Linda Lusardi and Frank McAvenny's <laughs> and stick up this big fucking painting instead, right, then I might fucking get somewhere with the Dorises. <laughs> and um, so I did that. And around the same time, I, tra- I got rid of my bed and I managed to get a bed sofa, oh. which was a fucking l- ludicrous thing to do, yeah. really. But the reason I did it was because I, I had this idea of turning my bedroom, because my brother... Terrace legend Castellani, who I'd had to share a room with. Yeah. And by the way, despite the fact I shared a room with him for 10 years, he doesn't remember sharing a room with me. <laughs> when I bring it up, still now, he goes, I don't know what the fuck you're talking didn't about. Happen. <laughs> yeah, he just says, didn't happen. It was my whole childhood I shared a room with him. We had loads of you like got... seminal moments in there. We had fights, <clears throat> arguments, all this sort of shit that you would have. You've got so many and, formative uh, memories and he doesn't share any of them. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> like, I have no recollection <clears throat> of you being in that room. And I go, well, can, can you remember your bedroom when you were living at mum's? And he goes, no, not really. I can't remember what room I slept <laughs> in. Some people are like that. I remember fucking... <clears throat> anyway, he'd moved out, so I thought I'll turn my room... So it was not much room and there was two of us. When he moved out, it felt enormous. So I thought, I'll turn my room into more of like an apartment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you make out, yes, I have yeah. my own apartment. Yes, it's it's within a building that my mother also lives in, but uh, I, I have very little to do with her. It's my own apartment. So I got a bed sofa. And every day before I went to school, I put the bed sofa, I tidied everything away. I put the fucking duvet in a, in a cupboard and fucking Fuck tidied it away. Yeah, it was a right hassle, but the the point was, I thought if a, if I get a girl home spontaneously, she will come in, she'll clock the sofa, she'll clock a painting on the wall, and mm. she'll think, "Hey, this guy's got a bit of substance about him." Yeah, yeah. this guy knows what he's. He, this is not one of your run of the mill spotty fucking teenagers. Spotty this lad's going places. He's got a sofa. He's got a painting. I'm gonna let him film my tits. He's already got an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. And did it but work? It, but. It, yeah, it, I would say, I, I wouldn't say that suddenly I became like Casanova, but I certainly started to have a bit of success. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that was related to it or not. Obviously, ultimately, my uh, behaviour was still rampantly immature, mm. as it is to this day. And, and that's really what counts. You can have as many paintings as, as you want on your fucking wall. But a woman's going to see through all that if you still fucking go around acting like yeah. a, a, ch- a child, right? Yeah. So, but it it went, it did it sort of did work out. I started to have a few results here and there, and the um, but the bed sofa thing came back to bite me right on the ass, right? Right. Almost literally, because <laughs> the bed sofa is not meant to be slept on regularly. Even when we bought it from the shop. 
the geezer said, this can't be a full-time bed. Oh, right, got you. You cannot sleep in this. It's, it's bad for you. Bed sofas are only designed for, like, occasional visitors. Right. They're not, like, meant for, like... And I was like, don't worry about that. That's my fucking business. My back's fine, thanks very much. We'll take it. Right? So, it wasn't just that. It got rickety very quickly, because there's a sort of a metal folding system, isn't yeah. there? A frame. Yeah. And it got... And if you're getting it in and out every day, which I was, right... It gets fucking worn through, especially as a cheap bed sofa, and it gets very rickety and things start to twist and break. And at one New Year's Eve, I think it must be New Year's Eve 93, I reckon, I managed to, I had a party, and uh, but not, it was like in a place, you know, in a bar. Right. And, and I managed to get a girl to come home with me. Ooh. That makes it sound toxic, like I coerced her, but I didn't. You know, again, you know, a girl said, right, well, come on, I'll come back to your place, right? We'll have a, like, of a fiddle around. We'll have a little bit of naughty smacking about. Right? <laughs> bit of slap and tickle. <laughs> yeah. So I said, great, all right, brilliant. It's this way, come on, come on, mate. I've got a fucking sofa back there and a painting. <laughs> I've got a painting and a sofa if you want to see it. <laughs> right. And... Um, so I got her, so she came back, but it was so embarrassing because we I got the old bed out and it was the noisiest fucking bed, right? And the only other person in the house, and it's a small house, yeah. right, was my mother, my poor old mum. Oh, yeah. And what you could, I'm not joking, you couldn't fucking move a millimetre without this. Oh, no. So the slap and tickle commenced. And it almost brought that the whole fucking street must have heard you, you it. You weren't prepared now, to let that put you off then. Well, no, I mean, I, it, was, it was a very yeah. difficult situation well, was because I wasn't going to say. We can't, we can't do this slap and tickle. It's too noisy. Sorry, you're going to have to leave. Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna, but at the same time, it was so embarrassing. Right, so I think about it now. I'm still a bit embarrassed, but not really. I don't care. Uh, but at the time, when you're 18, you're very insecure anyway about things. Mm. And it was like, it was awful. So all I'm saying is any of you young lads listening, you know, a futon, maybe. Because yeah. that lies on the floor, so it's not going to make much noise. But beware the bed sofa. You know, yeah. for every girl, it impress it might impress a girl. But when it gets down to it, it is an Im- impractical platform for hanky-panky. Yeah, if slap and tickles on the agenda. You've got to have a mm. firm, quiet bed if you're living at home. Yes, a firm, quiet bed. Exactly right, Andy. <laughs> Fair enough. Where were we? Um, yeah, the front cover. I didn't. I didn't send you it because it wasn't Melchester related. It's, it's Alan Arrow from the Who Is Arrow story. How the fuck did we? Oh, your painting fell down, didn't it? That was it. Yeah. By the way, just lastly, that that painting is so massive. And it I've is. not been able to get rid of it ever since. And any cunt who's known me for the last fucking 30 years knows this painting. Yeah. And now I've got it hung in the room. And the, I mean, I, I actually have grown quite fond of it because it's been part of my life and it's and, gone everywhere. But everywhere I've lived, when I was at university in Brighton, it was on the fucking wall. When I and, moved back to London, it was on the wall. It's been on the wall fucking everywhere. And the simple reason is, what do you do with a painting that you no yeah. longer want? Mm. You have to hang it on the wall. There's nowhere else you can keep it. It's too big. It can't fit even in my storage unit. You've got to hang it on the wall because you can't throw it away. It's a piece of art, isn't it? You can't you smash can't it up. You can't destroy a painting. That's, that's the sort of thing Chairman Mao would have done. Yeah, like book burning. You can't do that. 
Uh, yeah, any burnt to paint there. All the paintings must be burnt. It's too big to give to a charity shop as well, really, isn't it? I guess. Oh, can you imagine if I went into fucking Sue Ryder? She'd laugh me out of the fucking Fuck gang. off, mate. She'd be like, what the fuck is that, you cunt? <laughs> I'd be like, it's a fucking painting. It would paint, who's it by? My scouse fucking third cousin. Julia Roberts. From the 80s. Julia Roberts. You're painted by Julia Roberts, you cunt. We're not having that. No cunt's going to buy it. It'll take up too much room in this shop. We're trying oh, to sell shoes. We're trying to sell what shoes. What am I supposed to je- do with it, then? Jean jackets in here. We're not selling massive bits of shit like that. That one's going to buy that. we got a load of Jilly Cooper novels to shift. We ain't got room for your fucking painting. <laughs> by your scarce cousin. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, fu- a functioning operating shop. It's not a fucking dump for stuff you don't want. Not a fucking... It's not Amazon's pit. Ain't you got a pit you can put that in? <laughs> I'm not putting that in a pit. That's fucking quality artwork, you cunt. <laughs> Who are you? You're like my ex stepmom with your opinions on paintings. <laughs> oh, I don't like the painting. I shan't have it in the house. I like my Look, house just so. <laughs> listen, a painting's a fucking painting. It's not for the likes of you or I to distinguish between what's good and bad. That's for your fucking art critics of this world. The educated classes. <laughs> if someone gives you a painting, stick it on the wall and be fucking sure, grateful. Sure about it. That, yeah, deal yeah, with it. Stick it on the wall and be grateful that you're not fucking staring at a blank wall like most people have to day in, day out. <laughs> so your philosophy <laughs> is, let's just try and frame this, your philosophy is that you'll just put anything on the wall that anyone gives you. I'll put anything. Yeah, it's better than looking at a blank wall. It well, stimulates the mind, so. doesn't it, pictures? I mean, that's a nice painting. I've grown, uh, I've grown to like it over the, the months that we've done <laughs> yeah. this podcast. I look at it every day. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. Anyway, look, there's Alan Arrow, and he's just punched okay. someone. Whee! <laughs> Excellent. And it says, what does it say? Have that. Knock, knock out. out. But he's the, not knocked the fella, out. The fella looks like Michael Grid. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And it's a it's a sports reporter, and he's uh, Alan Arrow's punched him because he doesn't want his photograph taken. So rather than just say, "I'd rather not have my photograph Oi, taken," he's fuck fucking sparked him out. <laughs> Who was he? That's what Liam Gallagher always used to do. Didn't yeah. His son tried to take his photo, he'd just he'd fucking try and whack him, so that's and a... then he'd get his then he'd get his bodyguard to jump in and protect him. Yeah, yeah. He got it from Roy the Rovers. That's on the front cover. All right. I know you hate Liam Gallagher, but his tweet, as everyone was doing 101 hot take tweets on the whole Omnicrom variant and Boris Johnson lying about the party at Downing Street last night, in the middle of it, Liam Gallagher just tweeted, Bumba Clark variant, and I laughed out loud. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it, onwards into the uh, Roy the Rovers story that we're meant to be analysing here carefully. Um, It says, the players and officials of Melchester Rovers were confident that Roy would reject a fabulous offer to become player manager of Walford Rovers. Oh, we'll see about that. Um, But Roy wasn't happy about recent criticism of his team selections and he decided to take drastic action in a league match against lowly Redstoke. And there it is, if you remember from last time, he's substituting Charlie Carter, because Charlie Carter, the goalkeeper, has had a fucking nightmare. Um, and there it is, Redstock have just taken a 2-1 lead, and Roy is dismissively throwing his hand up in the air 
as Charlie Carter appeals against this decision that Roy's made. And Charlie's saying, but Roy, you can't pull me off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That should be enough for anyone, shouldn't it? I'm Um, not so sure. Well, yeah, because Roy thinks he's still injured. And Roy said, I'm not so sure, Charlie. I saw you wince with pain when you went down for that shot. You wincing prat. <laughs> you wincing wally. I, I've told you before, I don't want to see any of my players wincing. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> That's the Roy Race rule. One wince and you're off. I don't care if you're the goalkeeper you're grown, or not. You're grown men. You shouldn't be wincing at your men. age. You're grown men. You're not <laughs> shrinking yet. Stop wincing. <laughs> Two rules are you. No wincing, no shrinking. <laughs> so just start to shrink you're out who was it that that's like no that Gosling's been dropped I've noticed him starting to shrink yeah granddad Gosling <laughs> I mean should have expected it really but it's still a shock to see I get measured <laughs> it's not nice get, it's disturbing get measured every Monday morning he's lost a millimetre it's embarrassing oh god <laughs> he'll be invisible soon some cunt will tread on him <laughs> he'll be caught up with the tread on someone's boot God knows where he'll end up. Imperceptible to the human eye. Be like an ant. I'll have to keep. I'll have to keep him in a fucking jar. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I tweeted this, but in Get Back, when John Lennon is very there's there's some strong Roy Race vibes coming off John Lennon at times. Not least when he's chatting to what's his name, Jonathan Headley Smedley Smythe, the fucking director, yeah. who is such an irritating cunt. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And he's going, yeah, 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 maybe we could build a stage. And John Lennon sat there with Yoko and he's going, yeah, right, just, uh, I'll tell you what you should do. You should just get a load of plastic blocks in yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, massive ones, massive ones. He's going, oh, yes, I suppose that could be so sycophantic. He just goes along with whatever they're saying. He goes, yeah, I suppose that were right. Yeah, really, really big, like fucking five foot by five foot plastic blocks. Does- that you can see through clear plastic. Doesn't he say so? Doesn't he say so? Like you can do anything with plastic these days. Something yeah, like that. He, and then he goes, "There'll be a type of plastic that we don't even know about." That's <laughs> what yeah. he says. That's exactly what he says. He goes, "It'll be a new type. They're always inventing new types." And the director just goes along with it and goes, "Yes, yes, I'm sure." He goes, "You know, it'll be Baker Light or something that's like right. that. The yeah. new, whatever the new." He goes, "Whatever the new one is, that's what it'll be." So find out what it is, yeah. And we'll, that's what we'll do. We'll make a we'll make a big set out of the plastic blocks. And he goes, uh, okay. And you can tell he's looking confused. And then he looks really like seriously at him. He goes, and when we're finished with it, you can give me the plastic. <laughs> and then Yoko looks at him, and I think him and Yoko have fucking plotted this in detail. <laughs> he's trying to make up. It's off the top of his head, right? <laughs> but they obviously have some fucking thing that yeah, they yeah. need some plastic well, for. Well, that's it. And John's gone. Listen, I've got an idea. Yoko, right? Rather than you start paying for that plastic that we need, I can probably swing something that we can we can put it as part of this fucking stupid show that the Beatles are planning, and I'll just get it. Paul won't fucking up. Paul doesn't even like plastic. He won't fucking want it. And the other two just do what they're told. The plastic will be ours. We're being... Then I'll quit the band and we'll start our plastic business together. We've been getting that big new house with the white carpets and the white walls. It's got now in it. We'll get some plastic yeah. and just fill the rooms up with plastic. That'll be Listen, good. Listen, right? 
It, consider it seed investment by the Beatles for our new plastics venture. It's the least they can fucking do. Devote the best years of my life. I don't want to be in a band anymore. I want to get into plastics, don't I? That's why I'm... This is the, just, this is just the start. That's why I suggested setting up this old Apple company. It's just a front for me to acquire plastics. It's, it's like plastic laundering, basically. That's why the Beatles so, exist I mean, now. that is... What I really want a deep dive in, people have deep dived every fucking little aspect of the Beatles ever. And I've noticed that the Beatles industry, the million and one sort of ageing kind of anoraki white fucking blokes who have written a million and one fucking tedious books on the minutiae of the Mm. Beatles, they're all fucking running for cover now. Because they've all presented themselves as experts on this, that, and the other <laughs> right. of what really happened for years and years, and now a film's come out that is just basically, this is it. It's Your fly Beatles. on the wall. Mm. There's not really any editorialising. It is just a fucking raw depiction of what actually happened, and there are fucking like hundreds of books that have been like, this is what really happened yeah. when they split up, or this is what. Yoko really did or this that the other and now you see it and there's no hiding place and so there's all these cunts running around for cover thinking shit everything that I did all the research all the fucking documentaries all the books and the articles have all been rendered fucking pointless (laughs) because it's been debunked yeah right and so they're all going. Well, actually, this isn't this isn't quite how I remember it right they're they're getting people say this isn't how I remember it and it's like well it might not be how you remember it cunt but the camera doesn't lie. It's how it fucking happens. It's there. It's on the Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking there. Well, that's not how I remember it. Well, it's, it's how it went down. Oh, well, Peter Jackson edited it. He, can't, he hasn't fucking done a deep fake of the Beatles. This is what was said <laughs> and how it happened, cunt, right? And, um... But so I'll tell you what I love. A... I love, there are some almost deep fake bits where they've only got the audio footage. So they've uh, yeah, put, he's yeah. put in some video footage that kind of makes it look like they're having a conversation yeah. and the people in that conversation are present in the frame. And I love yeah. those bits because it takes a couple of seconds for you to realise you're not actually... You, it's switched yeah. to a bit where it's just audio only. Because it'll be a wide shot. Yeah. But he's very... You know, he's not by trade a documentary maker. Usually he likes doing the old Lord of the Rings, doesn't I like he? I making stuff up, but, don't I? But this is real. Yeah, but this is real. It's quite but a challenge. He's been, very, he's been very good. I think that the notes they put at the beginning in which they put it in context and they explain, listen, yeah. this is what we've had to do. Some people would have faked, not faked it, but they would have done a workaround without admitting it to the audience. Yeah. So anyway, it is what it is. But all of the little stories that have been kind of analysed to death over the decades regarding the Beatles, the one that I would like to see deep dive the most is what the fuck? Did John and Yoko want this plastic for? Yeah. Because there's something going on there, mate. Mm -hmm. There is something going on, and I just want to know exactly what it is because they never got the plastic. That's that's the frustrating thing about it. They never got the plastic, so we'll never know, will we? We'll never know, but that's why we need to know what was it that he had planned. I don't know if he was. Why did John Lennon, in 1969, why did John Lennon need large amounts of plastic possibly plastic that had not yet been invented uh, was this prior to or after they set up the plastic Ono band it was he was fucking Quite. obsessed wasn't he, he what's was the backstory with, with all of that then I'm, well don't forget i don't know what year the graduate came out six, with dustin 67 or 68 but there's a recurring line in that isn't there when he's a, he's sort of at his dad's party 
and all his dad's sort of boring businessmen mates keep coming up to him mm. and going, this is what you should be doing. And there's one cunt who keeps going up to him and going, plastics, Benjamin. Yes. I'm telling you, plastics. That's the future. And I reckon Lennon's seen it and he went, oh, there might be something in that, you know. Yeah. Have you seen that film? The Graduate, it's fucking brilliant. But I took something really important out of it that apparently in the business world it's all going to be about plastics in the future. So I'm thinking, get out of rock and roll, get into plastics That's the thing, That's the thing. and we don't know. We just don't know what the future's going to hold, do we? Because plastics now, evil. Plastics then, the future. Oh, we fucking hate fucking plastics hell. now, don't we? You just don't know what's coming next. It just, it's out of control. Plastics are totally out of control. Yeah. Have been for ages, and Lennon just didn't see it. But then again, if you set fire to plastic, it shrinks quite quickly, doesn't it? And it melts, so yeah, the, I don't know. The, well, I think it gives off toxic to, fumes I, or something. I, I went through a big phase when I was a kid of, of melting plastics. <clears throat> um, but, it, you know, in the, the toxic fumes that they released are just yeah. awful. It, like, they're poisonous, it'll it, kill you. It's like when so you in put, the end, I learnt my lesson. It's like when you put a crisp packet in the oven and it shrinks down to a tiny size. It looks yeah, great, and it's fun, the, but it just gives off loads of fumes. If you burn it... Yeah, but that's not in his place. If you're burning it right in front of you, which I like to do, because I used to like to watch it Watch melt. it burn. Yeah. I used to sometimes burn the faces of the Star Wars figures and right. pretend that they'd been put, that they'd been tortured by uh, Darth Vader or Jabba fire. the Hutt. Yeah. And I quite liked it, but the, you get these jet black wisps of toxic fumes that come that's off That's right, them. you do. And if yeah. you inhale that, you're fucked. Uh, my favourite became melting polystyrene. I don't know if you've done much of that. No, I've not doubled in that, no. Have you seen it done, though? Don't They'll think I have. will probably be on YouTube. When you set fire or just put a light to polystyrene, it's like you're watching special effects in a film because it melts in this sort of very rapid way where it almost just dissolves Does it turn into like a liquid almost? No, it just immediately turns to fumes, but... Fuck. It's just the speed, the rapidity with which it kind of spreads through the block of polystyrene. And it, I found the sight of it hypnotic. And my mm. mum caught me doing it and she said, listen, don't do that, it's well dangerous, right? And I was quite what? a good lad on the whole. No, I was, I was quite a good lad on the whole. If my mum said, look, you really... Because my mum wasn't very strict. She said, look, you really shouldn't do that. I'll take it seriously, yeah. right? Because I, I thought she wasn't the sort of parent who's just fucking constantly going, don't do that, don't do yeah, that, don't do that. Yeah, that's good parent that, yeah. And, and so therefore, when she did say you shouldn't do that, it's dangerous, I'd take it fucking, I'd sit up and listen, mate. Mm. Like, when I used to, she, she caught me putting money inside my mouth, right? <laughs> 2p coins inside my mouth. And she said, never put coins inside your mouth. And I why not? She went, you don't know where it's been. It's probably been up a tramp's arsehole. That was one of her... <laughs> That was one of her sort of things that she used to always say. That, you know, uh, that money could have been up a tramp's arsehole. She's sure always on about it. I'm like, yeah. I used to th- and then I used to see tramps in the street and I'd think, so they keep two pieces up their arsehole, do they? Interesting. Well, maybe they do because if they fall asleep in the street, they don't want anyone going through their People, pockets nicking them. The, other, nicking they're, they're the, ri- the small amount of money that they've got. They're rival tramps. Probably rival tramps, yeah. Rival Trumps coming around nicking their coins. I was listening to so I was listening to the traffic report on I think it was absolute eighties this morning when I was taking taking the kid to school and there was the traffic report and the guy said that traffic had been held up on the M twenty five or held back because of an accident. And he said it so quickly that I thought he said tramps. 
the tramps had been held back on the M25 and I just got this immediate mental image of a group of tramps just being behind, <laughs> behind a cordon on the M25 <laughs> unable to go about their business. That's like a big train sketch. Yeah. So that, that was the start of my um, day. But yeah, anyway, melting polystyrene, I, in the end, because I couldn't resist doing it, I mm. locked myself in the bathroom, put a load of polystyrene in the bathroom sink and chucked a match on it Shit. so I could just binge and watch it. And I remember my mum going, what are you doing in there? Yeah. And I was like, I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> and in the end, she was like, you better not be melting polystyrene. <laughs> ah, she knows, how does she know? <laughs> Fucking smelt it, didn't she? Oh, she did. Shit. Anyway, kids, don't melt plastic. It's really bad for you. There's probably some of it on YouTube. We'll have a look at Maybe deep, yeah, we'll deep dive into that later. Right, yeah. well, I don't <laughs> think there's any point in continuing with this this issue of Royal okay. Rovers. Um, we're just at the beginning of it, so we'll, we'll just have another crack at it next week. Um, sorry if we've wasted your time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.